There's actually two verses today. The first comes from Romans chapter 6, verses 15 through 18, and that is on page 1754. And then Galatians 5.1, just a single verse, which is on page 1815. So hear the word of God. What then? Shall we sin because we are not under law, but under grace? By no means. Don't you know that when you offer yourselves to someone to obey him as slaves, you are slaves to the one whom you obey? Whether you are slaves to sin, which leads to death, or to obedience, which leads to righteousness. But thanks be to God that though you used to be slaves to sin, you wholeheartedly obeyed the form of teaching to which you were entrusted. You have been set free from sin and have become slaves to righteousness. And now Galatians 5.1. It is for freedom that Christ has set us free. Stand firm then and do not let yourselves be burdened again by a yoke of slavery. This is the word of God for the people of God. Amen. You may be seated. Well, as we embark on the eve of our, if I did the math right, 246th, is that right? 246th, yeah, 246th celebration of the signing of the Declaration of Independence. Think about that for a minute, 246 years. Some of us may live to be 100 years old, Margaret, or more, praise God for that. But 246, a lot's changed in those years, hasn't it? I remember in 1976, everybody was making a big deal about the bicentennial. They made special quarters that year too, if I remember correctly. And it was a big deal and there was a big parade and I was just happy to see a parade. I was six years old and I just wanted to see the parade, but I guess it was a really big deal back then. But 246, that's, that's pretty amazing. Um, and I'm showing my age now because I was six years old then. That's <laughs> 46 years ago. So anyway, when this Declaration of Independence was signed, that day it was signed, were the people free? Yes, they were free. But did they have to fight for it? Oh, absolutely. Years later, the Revolutionary War, there was a man who stood up and he just went on this long discourse and he ended it with, give me liberty or give me death, Patrick Henry. And what he said in there is pretty amazing. I, I invite you, if you've never read it, take time to read it. It's really amazing what he said in that discourse. But anyway, he was proposing that they fight for their freedom and they did. And we're a free nation now because they did. We're a free nation because of People fighting in a war for us. It's pretty amazing. So the minute it was signed, they were technically free. They declared their freedom. They were free. But what is freedom and what does it look like? Did they recognize it? Did everybody say, hey, did you hear what they did in Washington the other day? We're free. I don't think it was Washington, actually. Wherever, Philadelphia, I guess it was. 
But anyway, they said, people gathered around and said, hey, we're free. They didn't really know the difference, did they? But they became free in that moment. But it took a long time to realize the freedom. The same thing happens with us. The minute we say to the Lord, I want to be forgiven of my sins. I accept Jesus as my Savior. I invite you into my heart. I don't care what word you use. You use your own words. The minute you do that, freedom, freedom. But do you realize it in that moment? Do you know it fully in that moment? Some of us, yes. There are people that immediately, immediately become a different person. But if it's somebody like me, it took a lot of years to realize and embrace that freedom. And not only that, every year when we celebrate July 4th, we are embracing that freedom. We're showing the world, hey, we know we're free, and we're expressing it. And every day, as Christians, we express our freedom. Sometimes we don't do it without, we do it without even realizing it. But if you have a thought about God, if you pray, if you go to church, if you read the Bible, if your heart and mind are directed at God in any shape or form, you are expressing your freedom that Christ has given you. You know why? Because you can. Because you can. If we were to take time and really go through the letters of Paul, the way he understood freedom, I just read a couple verses this morning from Romans and Galatians, and out of context, you can't really grasp what he really understood about freedom. He knew freedom. The problem is that we, over these last 2,000 years or less that since he's written these letters, we've changed it. We've altered it. We've come up with different ideas about what it is. He understood it. And if we take it and read it in the context that it was written, we'll see that we can have incredible freedom. So how do we do it? It is so simple. The answer is right before you. It is not complicated, and we don't need to overcomplicate it. How do we find freedom in Christ? Prayer. It's that simple. Oh, well, prayer's not simple, though, Phil. What do, I, do I get on my knees? Do I fold my hands? Do I close my eyes? Do I only do it on Sunday? Do I have to be in a church? That's the overcomplicating part, okay? Forget that stuff. That's not freedom. That's bondage. That's religion. You know what religion does? It puts you in fear and guilt. Fear that I'm going to do something wrong and guilty if I do do something wrong. That's religion. That has no place in what Paul said. There is no freedom in religion. There is only freedom in Jesus Christ. True freedom. All we got to do is say to God, and if you're speaking to God, you already have faith because I know you've never seen him. I know you've Maybe possibly I've heard him audibly. I don't know. I'm not going to say you haven't. But you've never seen him. And you believe he's real. Faith is believing in what we cannot see and knowing that it's real.
I'll say it again. Faith is believing in what we cannot see and knowing that it's real. And we know that God's real and we speak to God. That's faith. And when you have faith, that came from God. There's a verse in Ephesians, two verses. Well, I'm just going to read the one. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 8. Some of you probably are already quoting it in your minds. It's funny, as I'm trying to find the pages, I, I get to Galatians and I say, go eat peaches and cream. Galatians, Ephesians, Philippians, Colossians. That's how I remember it. Go eat peaches and cream. And there's a little tip for you. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 8. For by grace you have been saved through faith, and this not of yourselves, it is the gift of God. Did you know that God gave you the faith that you have to believe in him? That we as human beings cannot manifest faith on our own? That God gives us the faith, we decide to act on it, and we say, hey, I believe. And it changes us, and that brings us freedom. But there's somebody in this world that doesn't want you to have freedom. Paul talked about this in Romans. When you give yourself over whoever you obey, you'll be a slave to that person. If you obey God, you'll be a slave to God. But God says, no, I no longer call you slaves. I call you friends. In John chapter 13, he said this. So we are no longer slaves. When we accept God and we obey God, we become friends with God. And that gives us freedom. But when we obey the sinful nature that we all have, we become slaves to it. And there's no freedom in that. We're in bondage. And we want out. How do we get out? We have to fight for it. Somebody had to fight for our freedom in America. We had to fight to get out of this bondage. How do we fight? Prayer. Prayer. Prayer is not some magical incantation that we cite. We don't find a piece of paper and say, okay, if I read this, the magic comes out, and therefore I'm free. That's not how it works. The prayer is just the audible expression or in your mind expression of what's going on in your heart using that gift that God gave you, saying, I believe, I know this is possible. And I'm going to fight against what's trying to keep me from being free. When you pray, God works in your life. So what do I say? What's holding you back? What, is, there some, is there one sin you just, I don't want to do it, but I keep on doing it? Or is there something that, you know, I've been doing this for years and didn't realize it was a sin, maybe I should stop? There's all kinds of things. I just recently saw a, a televangelist, I won't mention his name, finally, finally came out and said, I was wrong all these years about something I was saying. He was preaching the prosperity doctrine. That goes against what the Bible says. You know, you give money and God will prosper you. Made him rich, made everybody else poor and in bondage. But he recently came out and said he was wrong. So when you, when you speak the words against what is holding you back, God will use that because you're doing it in faith. You're using the gift he gave you, and you are attacking and defeating the enemy 
And not only have you declared your freedom, now you can live your freedom. John chapter 10, Jesus said, I came to give them life and life abundantly. He came to give us life. We're, we're going to heaven because we believe, but abundant life until we get there. Now, I'm not talking the prosperity life because God never promised that any one of you are going to be without health problems, without financial problems, without relationship problems. He never promised that. He said, I'll be with you every step of the way. And let me tell you, that's incredible freedom, knowing that God is with us and can get us through any situation, no matter what it is that we're facing. Big, small, I don't care. God will get you through it through prayer. It's that simple. Just talk to God. Build that relationship with him. And he will bring you out. Now, it may not happen immediately. There are many more things that you may need to do as part of this fight. And I don't have time today to go over it all. But I've said this many times, and I'll say it again. If any of you want to talk to me and want this freedom, let me help you. I'll walk you through the steps to freedom in Christ from the Bible. I know I can do it because I've done it. For years, I was in bondage thinking, oh, I, I believe in God, but gosh, I just, I don't know all the answers, and I don't know what's, why I do the things I do. That doesn't mean I'm not a sinner. I'm still a sinner, but I'm free because I have put my faith and trust in God to bring me out of all that bondage. And it's still a fight every day. But I enjoy the fight now because I know who's fighting for me. And I'm not fighting by myself. We so often are slaves to sin and don't realize it. And all of us, you don't have to have the title of pastor to be free. And I tell you right now, there's a lot of pastors that are not free. You don't have to have that title to be free. You all who are sitting here right now can find this freedom in the Lord. Because it is for freedom that Christ set you free. So that you will know freedom. You'll know eternal life, but you'll know freedom before you get there. Because that's the ultimate freedom. Life with God. But until we get there, we can change our minds, we can know what the Lord is calling us to do, what he's created us to do, what he has prepared for us to do. And it's not all the same, it's different for everybody. But over the next few weeks, that's what I hope to help us find is freedom and knowing what God has called us to do. So I hope you'll join me in it. I know today's going to be a little bit short because we have communion and all, but um, I just wanted to express to you that this freedom is for all of us if we take advantage of it. Don't be afraid to talk to me. I will help you any way I can. Just you got to make that choice to come to me, though. I can't come to you. Just like that leaky BA guy. You got to call me. I can't call you. All right, so let's find freedom together, shall we?
It's going to be a great couple of months, I believe, that we find and discover this freedom together that we can have in the Lord Jesus Christ. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you for the incredible gift of freedom, both for our nation, for our individual selves. Father, help us to know what it means to be removed from the yoke of sin and to be free, truly free, in a relationship with you. Guide and teach every single one of us that we may know this freedom and find it only in you. When we fall off the path, put us back on. If we go the wrong way, turn us around. Stop at nothing until we all have this freedom. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. All right. Um, communion song? We'll have our special music now for communion. this table everyone is welcome at this table everyone is seen at this table everybody matters no one falls between At this table, you can say whatever. At this table, you can speak your mind. At this table, everything's forgiven. There's enough for everyone. So come as you are, remember that the door is always open, yes, come as you are, the perfect gift that you could bring is your heart so come come as you are at this table there will be no judgments at this table, mercy has a seat. At this table, we're all sons and daughters. There's no place I'd rather be. So come as you are. 
is your heart. Come, come as you are. Come as you are. Mm. At this table, Everyone is welcome at this table. Everybody cares at this table. Everybody matters. So come, pull up a chair. So as we come before the Lord now to celebrate communion, you know, in recent years, I have been studying what it means to come to communion. And I've looked at every side and just trying to find something that I could teach. Well, what I've discovered is it's simple. When it comes to God, he doesn't want elaborate flowing robes and all these spectacular things. They had a point in the Old Testament, and the point wasn't to show separation of people from, from the masses. It was to show his splendor and his glory, to represent Jesus when he comes in his splendor and glory. And there are many people who say, you know, don't you dare come up here unless you repent of all your sins before you come, because they take out of context 1 Corinthians 15, or 1 Corinthians 7, I think it is. And they say, you know, you're, you're defiling yourself if you do. Well, one thing I forgot to mention in the, in the message, and I'm going to mention it now, and it's because it's really important. The minute Jesus died on the cross, your sins were forgiven. The ones you haven't even committed yet were forgiven. I mean, think about it. It's not like Jesus said, okay, it, on July 3rd, 2022, everybody's sins up until that day are forgiven, but then after that, they got to come back to me. No. Every day, for your entire lifespan, your sins were forgiven. They're not held against you. Not one bit. Not one bit. So when we say, oh, well, I really messed up. Maybe God's mad at me now. No. No, freedom means freedom. You, you, you can forget that thought because God's not mad at you. He forgave that. And that's why we celebrate this, as a remembrance of what Christ did for us. The representation of his body in the bread. And when he, on that night, took the bread and he broke it to symbolize his body being broken by being hung on a cross broken so we could find healing. Broken so we could have freedom. Broken so we can live. 
That's amazing. Never put back together the same. When the disciples saw him afterwards, he still had the scars. He still had the scars. He was alive, but he still had the scars. His body was broken so that ours doesn't have to be. So broken for you. And then he took the cup and he said, this is my blood. And blood, without blood, we don't live. When his blood drained out, he was dying. His blood drained out so we could live, so that our blood could be cleansed from sin. He said, this is my blood which is poured out for you, for all of you, for the forgiveness of sins. It's that simple. We don't have to do anything to prepare other than believe in him. It's great to honor him and prepare your hearts to honor him, but don't do it out of obligation because that's what you were taught or you've been told or what you've always done. Come to this table because his body was broken and his blood was spilled for you. That's the only reason to come because it was done for you. And this is how we remember it. And this is why we do it. So come, all of you. Beth, can you? Yeah, and you.